on this prequel episode, we've got patron shoutouts. We're finally settling the score. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And we're previewing Die Hard. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. It's a prequel episode, and that means... We're not doing a movie this episode, but we got lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, we don't have a pure learning things segment. We have a uh, I, I retitled it "Debating Things" with this film is lit. Um, it's not like a typical yeah. We're not things. yeah. We're, I mean, we're not really going to debate. No, we're, we're also not really going to debate, but we're, we're going to discuss. Yeah, we're going to discuss. We're going to present the relevant arguments and then figure out where we land. Yeah, it's not really. Uh, although you'll have to kind of wait until you see the movie because you haven't seen yeah. the film, but. Uh, yeah, it's not really a learning thing segment. We're not like come, you know, researching about about a topic or anything. But it's just kind of that would be you thought it would be interesting, and I agree to cover the debate about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I think we have some interesting avenues to take that discussion. But first, patrons, we're recognizing our beautiful, wonderful patrons. We just launched our Patreon last two weeks ago. At this point. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash this film is lit, you can find it. We have three levels currently, $2 to support us, but you don't really get much. You get ad free and early release, mm-hmm. usually the night before, uh, ad free doesn't do anything right now, but if we do get ads eventually, you won't have to listen to them at the $5 level is our Hugo award winners. What, what was the $2 level called? Do you remember? Uh, Newberry. Newberry award winner. $2 is a Newberry level. Uh, $5 is our Hugo award winners. They get uh, early release, no ads, but they also get uh, bonus content, which mm-hmm. is episodes and that sort of thing. So thus far has been Knives Out and a discussion of The Mandalorian and Dollface, and we're about to record our Jojo Rabbit discussion. And then at the $15 level, those are our Academy Award winners, and they get all that stuff. Plus, they get priority uh, recommendations and something else. Oh, every every prequel episode we'll give them a shout out yes we're about to shout out all of our patrons so far because we haven't done this yet yeah. so everybody's they're all new. new they're all new but the 15 dollars patrons uh every week will get a shout out or every two weeks technically yeah we'll get a shout out and when that happens uh y- you know if they want to change their names to reflect the current thing we're doing because i know some of the podcasts they listen to they do that they'll go and they'll change it and we have a reference here to something we were doing, so yeah. we'll get there when we get... Well, let's just do it. Let's just get in. So we have uh, a few new patrons since we've launched. At the $5 Hugo Award winners level, we have Daryl Atkinson. Uh, we also have Jessica Farwell and V. Frank. Those are our Hugo Award winners. Congratulations. You've won a Hugo. <laughs> Not really. Uh, and then at our Academy Award winner level, I'm going to let you take this first one. Because I don't know how to pronounce his name. This is our very first patron. Alina. <laughs> Dalet Kalova. Dolut Kalova. Something along those lines. You can tell us, uh, Alina, how close yeah. we got. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they were our very first patron, which we were very excited about. Uh, and, they, and they pledged at the $15 level. So they get to get their name read every two weeks. Uh, and then our other $15 per month Academy Award winner is... Susan Pevensey's was an atheist. I messaged this patron specifically and said, <laughs> I appreciate your name. <laughs> and this felt like a, a reference to our, and, and now I haven't read the books, so I don't know. I'm not even, I can't even remember which one Susan was. Is she the older one? Yeah, she's the older one. Okay. Um, it, it's a reference to... Um, is she a the, doubting Thomas or something? It, no, it's a reference to The Last Battle, which is the oh, final okay. Narnia book. I'm hoping one day we'll be able to discuss all of the Narnia books. There is talk this. that they're 
doing something with it. Yeah, yeah there is talk about it. So I, I won't spoil okay. that. Um, but if you know, uh, if you've read The Last Battle and you know um, about the treatment of Susan by that book, you might understand where this person is going with that. Cool. I'm there for Susan Pevensey's being an atheist. I'm, <laughs> I hope that we get that book one day. That would be dope. All right. Uh, so thank you all of our new patrons, uh, at both at the $5 and a $15 level so far. Super fantastic. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. Let's move on and def- get into it. Let's fight. It's time to decide whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. <laughs> age-old debate and by age-old i mean it was really kicked <laughs> off like a few years ago yeah in my research i found a few articles referencing that it really blew up in like 2015 i think i feel like with the advent of like the modern internet yeah. as we know it yeah was when this really blew up yes that it seems to be when this blew up um so we're gonna go through the arguments for die hard being a christmas movie we're gonna go through some of the arguments against die hard being a christmas movie and then we're gonna move on in our discussion from there but first Mm -hmm. let's just kind of lay out some of the arguments that we were able to find uh would you rather do the for or the against katie um let's break it up that way well i'll i'll talk about arguments against okay since i did part of those there you go perfect so uh the arguments for die hard being a christmas movie now, there, this is not an exhaustive list. You may have your own arguments, but these are some of the ones I was able to find, some of the ones I came up with. One, number one, with a bullet, it's set at Christmas. That seems <laughs> to be, like, the prevailing evidence that I see people going towards yes. when they talk about this. It's set at Christmas, therefore it's a Roughly Christmas, Christmas. I don't... So, it's been a long time since... It's been at least a few years since I've watched Die Hard. You've never seen it. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly when it's set or if it's even mentioned but uh, my second point is is an addendum to that is that not only is it set around Christmas, but that it, the events of the story take place at a company biz, uh, Christmas party. So it's probably not Christmas. It's probably not day. Christmas because it's a company <laughs> Christmas party. Which yes, it's probably not Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Could Although like, it could be technically, yeah. but it's probably like the it's week probably before. Probably like yeah, the week or maybe like two weekends before Whatever. Christmas. Yeah, it's probably like the you do of for company parties. Yeah, but who knows? I, they may say in the movie. I truly can't remember. Like I said, it's been a while since i've seen it may be christmas eve or something mm-hmm. weird that they're doing but like it is sort of the party. holiday season yes okay so those are the first two kind of they they're like 1a 1b but um then uh and this isn't necessarily an argument so much as a supporting evidence for the fact that people should consider it or consider it a christmas movie is that in 2010 die hard was voted as the greatest christmas film of all time by empire magazine I assume it's Empire Magazine. It's Empire is what mm-hmm. I saw. Um, along with Empire, some critics have ranked the film on their respective list of all-time best Christmas films. And I'm going to run down what those are. Uh, Digital Spy has it as their number five Christmas movie of all time. Entertainment Weekly had it. And I don't know if these are the... Just to clarify, I, I couldn't find if these were all like fan polls or like mm. the editors. You know what I mean? Right. Like Some of these may be editors. Some of these may be fan voting. Who yeah. I don't know for sure. 
Um, my guess would be a lot of them are fan voting, but some of them may be like the editors that the magazine picked or whatever. Entertainment Weekly has it at their number four Christmas movie of all time. Forbes has it as their number one Christmas movie of all time. The Guardian had it at number eight. Hollywood Reporter, number four. And the San Francisco Gate, number one. Hmm. So that's interesting. A lot of them in the top five or all of them in the top five except for The Guardian. And that was number eight. So and a couple number ones in there. Yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, so uh, there's a, a, a public historian uh, and a guy who advises on TV and film. And he has a podcast about TV and film uh, with a pretty large following from what I could find. His name's Greg Jenner. He had a tweet in support of the fact that Die Hard is a Christmas movie saying, and I'm not, again, I'm not supporting or denying any. This is, we're just laying out what people have said currently. We're not like <laughs> agreeing with any of this currently or disagreeing necessarily. He said, quote, Die Hard is about Christmas. It's a family redemption story about personal suffering in the service of fellow man. In defiance of systemic avarice, it's pure Dickens, but with machine guns, end quote. It's an interesting perspective. It's interesting. Uh, and we'll talk about, I, I'll say right now, I'm, I get what he's saying. Uh-huh. I feel like it's a little bit, uh, maybe tongue-in-cheek's not the right word, maybe a little bit, mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, it's stretching the, ex- like, that's the kernel of what he's saying is true, but not, maybe not exactly. Like, maybe it's a bit of a stretch to get to exactly that. If you were going to summarize the themes and, like, what's going on in the movie, you may not exactly write that out. Like, that's a bit of a... Mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of reaching to make it fit your argument would be my assessment of that tweet. But, eh, you know, it's not wrong. Um, on, De- uh, on December 24th, 2017, the screenwriter of the film, Stephen E. D'Souza, stated on Twitter that Die Hard is a Christmas film. So that's another piece of evidence. The writer said, yeah, yeah it's a Christmas film. That, gosh, that seems pretty damning. Uh, counterpoint, death of the author. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I believe this might be my final point. Yes. Uh, the final, my, not my, but the final argument for that I have here. 20th Century Fox released a special Die Hard Christmas edition home release in December of 2018. So last Christmas. Mm. During the 30th anniversary of the film. And that included a recut trailer that presented the film as a heartwarming Christmas story. Hmm. Which is a classic uh, film school assignment. Yeah. It's funny. I don't know if you, you probably... It's a film's classic film school assignment is you take a movie that's in one genre mm-hmm. and then you're, you're, you have to recut a trailer that puts it into a different genre. No, I actually, I actually use those in my classes. Oh, damn. Yeah. When oh, we, okay. we talk about um, tone yeah. and audience. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty like a super classic uh, film school assignment. But uh, it was interesting. So now those last two, both the writer jumping on the It Is a Christmas film and the Fox, 20th Century Fox jumping on it are both post like when this discussion blew up and became a big meme. So we could take that with a grain of capitalism. Yes, take it with a grain of capitalism, which means they're 100% uh, exploiting the (laughs) the consumer. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, 100%. Uh, Not so much as like that was their intent necessarily, but like, hey... I agree. Go buy my movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Arguments against, Katie. What do we got? All right. So arguments against. Um, so again, I have not seen this movie. Mm-hmm. So yes. at this moment, I am just presenting. Right. I wrote. Um, I found yeah, a lot of this some stuff. Of the, so. uh, some of the main um, arguments against Die Hard being a Christmas yeah. movie. And I, I did write a lot of this. So Yeah. 
The first of which is that the Christmas elements are secondary to the plot. Um, so it's not a main part of the story. It just happens to take place at Christmas time. So correct me if I'm wrong, but we could still have Die Hard and have it not take place at Christmas. Yes. And it would be the same story. I think feasibly you could, and that may be the biggest argument against mm -hmm. it being a Christmas movie, is that you could do the exact same thing and just have it be. But uh, you could say that about other stories. Like, technically, A Christmas Carol could take place at a different time of year. I suppose so. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, technically. You know, a feast or something. You know, technically. I like, mean, it wouldn't because it's British. Right, I'm but. just right. Sorry, it's weird, but you could have like <clears throat> the same basic story. Yeah, sure. sure about sure, a rich, sure. miserly old man and blah blah blah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, you technically could. So I, I think you could do that with a lot of movies, but at the same time, yeah, it's not fun. I, my point was here is that I, it's not fundamental to the plot. Yeah. Second point, it's mostly just about shooting people to save other people. Um, Bruce Willis is motivated by survival and his desire to save his wife, but he's not ultimately motivated by traditional Christmas movie emotions and desires. Yeah. He ends up in this situation and he has to get out of this situation. Mm, fair <laughs> enough. You know, and, and, and the situation isn't a particularly Christmassy situation. Mm -hmm. So The movie is also not uh, comforting in the traditional way that a Christmas movie might be. A lot of tension, a lot of anxiety with uh, terrorists murdering innocent civilians. Maybe not going to give people the warm fuzzies and the way that like for, yeah. it's a wonderful life yeah. or elf or whatever other whatever, movie you want to name. A Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the addendum there is that the warm fuzzies that you feel, because like, I, I was I, again, I wrote these first three points. Well, I wrote all all these points, but at the first three, I kind of wrote based on my interpretation of it. And um, I, my argument with the third one specifically is that, like, you, you can get warm fuzzies from watching Die Hard. I do. But it's not tied to Christmas for me or, mm -hmm. like, that sort of thing. It's just purely, like, nostalgia of, like, I watched this movie when I was 10 years old and was, like, blown away by it or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and, and so I kind of have that nostalgia. And there is the Christmas elements tie in the tiniest bit in, like, the minuscule amount. But... Um, Really, like, I think the big thing is that it's, yeah, it's not, you know, it's, there's a lot of murder and anxiety that. <laughs> that you don't typically You don't see typically in, associate with a Christmas movie. <laughs> not to box in Christmas movies, which we'll get to shortly. Um, and our, our final kind of point here, um, at his Comedy Central roast, Bruce Willis himself declared, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is a goddamn Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, assuredly, somebody wrote that line for him because it is a Comedy Central roast and sure. they don't write their own things. But, um, and and it's it was mostly a joke. But mm -hmm. still, just I I wrote what the I brought what the screenwriter said about it to the table. Figured we yeah. had what yeah Bruce yeah I think it, yeah if we're gonna quote what the screenwriter said and and what some other random film critic guy said right. we should we should be able to include bruce willis in this damn it yeah, yeah. uh and he's an asshole so i <laughs> from what all, all everything i've ever heard about bruce willis is he the, the world's biggest asshole so uh, take it for what it is but he said it's not a christmas movie all right but i think what that really does both of these arguments for and against really bring us to is the real question the real goddamn question i feel like this is the real question it is i think the real question isn't 
is Die Hard a Christmas movie? The real question is what the hell is a Christmas movie? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need some kind of criteria by which to measure Die Hard against. Because at the pure basis level, like it... And I think that's what the argument really boils down to is is really what is a Christmas movie, not whether or not Die Hard is. Yeah. Because for some people, it takes place at Christmas. That's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Like, boom, that because that's what they're for their definition of what a Christmas movie is. That's all they need for other people. It requires more than that. So it's not a Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. We're putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so to me, and this is my thing, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie. It's Christmas adjacent. I can see the merit in some of the arguments. But when I sit down to watch Die Hard, I absolutely don't feel like I'm sitting down to quote unquote watch a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I like I like I said, I can appreciate some of the arguments, but I, to me, it's not a Christmas movie. No, it takes place at Christmas. I think it's perfectly acceptable for people to view it as a Christmas movie. I get it. But to me, it's like what it means like the the essence of a christmas movie mm-hmm. it's not there for me like here okay so like my point when i say it's like you can watch it at christmas it takes place at christmas sure it's a christmas movie there are some other movies that are set at christmas um just off the, that i wrote down some examples lethal weapon takes place at christmas nobody ever argues about whether or not lethal weapon <laughs> is a christmas movie the life of brian takes place at christmas never heard anybody argue that the life of brian is a christmas movie Batman Returns takes place at Christmas, and there's, like, lots of Christmas trees and stuff in it. Nobody ever talks about that. Uh, Rocky Four, technically, I've never seen Rocky Four, but I apparently it takes place at Christmas. Or the, the fight between him and somebody is, like, mm. on Christmas Eve or something like that. So, apparently, that's a Christmas, uh, according to some people's thing, would be a Christmas movie. Uh, and now, maybe, there's varying levels of how much, like, Christmas, quote-unquote, there is in each of these movies. Right. But they all take place around or during Christmas. And you had here the Gremlins, which I've never seen. I've never seen Gremlins. Um and I was looking but it, up I believe well it, does. it t- takes place at Christmas apparently and I was looking it up today and the thing that kind of like gave me pause, I was looking up Christmas movies and that showed up on a list somewhere. Huh. And I was like not having seen it and just like knowing bits and pieces and like little things about it from like memes and the internet and stuff i had no idea it took place at christmas yeah i didn't either not a clue not a clue either i watched it uh this is my uh emotional uh little brian story i saw I, i started watching this movie one time when i was a little kid and when it got to the part where they turned evil and then the people had to start killing them i couldn't watch it oh baby because they're just murdering That's these like so cute. they're like murdering they look like baby Yoda and they're just like yeah. putting them in microwaves and mm-hmm. like killing them and I was like nope done like I know they're evil like at this moment but they're way too cute and like even though they're evil versions they're still like I don't like you microwaving this little like, creature to death that not on board with that couldn't watch it I still haven't seen it not because I just haven't seen it since then but when I was a little kid I could not well, watch it I feel like I wouldn't like it either I, and I, I, I truly I just have a vivid memory of that from my childhood again yeah. I haven't seen it since then not been avoiding it I just haven't seen it I'm sure now it would be fine but or, like I wouldn't have the same <laughs> sort of issues with it but yeah I could not I had, I had to like turn it off I was like nope not on board All right, so if it's not quite enough for something to just be set at Christmas, 
Or maybe to even feature some Christmassy characters, like right. Santa Claus. Because we did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right, which has Santa Claus. As, it has Santa Claus Not in it, but I wouldn't story. call it a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe a winter movie. Maybe, but a maybe. lot of it takes place in yeah, the Yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a Christmas movie. No. So if that's not enough, then what is it that ties different Christmas stories together that makes them christmas movies or christmas stories and to me what that is is the thematic elements yeah so i have broken this down into um, a couple different things um i didn't find these anywhere i was just thinking about it and i pulled some stuff out of my butt okay and my brain fantastic (laughs) mostly your brain probably (laughs) probably mostly my brain but you know up first Christmas thematic element, messages of peace and goodwill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's a Wonderful Life, Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, this is not a movie, but the Christmas truce of 1914 always pops up around Christmas time. Yes. That was in World War One, right, where they stopped yes, fighting? Yes, where they stopped fighting for a day. Maybe hypocritical, but maybe. Maybe. Not. Yeah, yeah. Who but knows? Regardless, yeah. Yeah. Uh, second theme. Um, the importance of family slash friends slash relationships, uh, Santa Claus, Home Alone, Elf. Yeah. Okay. Valuing those relationships over material goods. I have as kind of a, a tack onto that, but really mm-hmm. it's its own separate theme. Yeah. Because you can have you can have the first one without, yeah, without the, second the second one. one. Um, but a Christmas Carol, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, um, Jingle All the Way. Yeah. Um, lots of movies. I need to lots rewatch. Of- we should rewatch Jingle All the Way because I feel like it might be the world's greatest anti-capitalist <laughs> Christmas movie of all time. I have not watched it since I was very young, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> Anyways, um, up next, um, valuing childlike wonder and innocence, um, A Christmas Story, The Polar Express, Year Without a Santa Claus, um, uh, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, definitely, yeah. Um, and then our, our last category is something kind of nebulous that I have called warm fuzzies, since you talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas movies are sentimental. Yeah. Like, they just are. Um, we have, like, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, which yeah. you just said, um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, White Christmas, yeah. pretty much any Christmas movie is yeah. going to have some icky sticky sentiment to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think the last category that you didn't write down here that um i don't value in christmas movies but i think that a lot of people would would be the (laughs) and and, i mean there's uh, the level there's levels to it but the um because christmas in its modern form in a lot of ways is a christian holiday Mm -hmm. now obviously we don't celebrate as a christian holiday a lot of people don't even christian people a lot of christian people don't celebrate definitely a secular christmas there's very much a secular christmas i mean like i I, i've mentioned before i'm a big atheist i've grown up my i was raised by a big atheist my dad and we have grown up celebrating christmas balls to the wall since i was a little kid um and it had nothing to do with religion or anything like that it's the it's the family it's the presence it's the getting, mm-hmm. getting together all that sort of stuff making other people feel nice all that good stuff um so it's a secular christmas but i think another category that you could even add just in general for christ or christmas movies would be sort of that the religious element well of, i i actually i thought about you, okay. i thought about putting that on here and i ultimately just decided to leave it out um because i didn't feel like it was something we could even begin to try to apply to Die Hard. Right. Which was... <laughs> Fair um, enough. 
a, a belief in or like a giving your like learning to give yourself over to a belief in some kind of higher power evaluation of faith yeah evaluation of faith whether that has to do with christianity or whether that has to do with santa claus right or yeah or even yeah or even just a vague nebulous not even like any of that but just like the 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 uh alcoholics anonymous higher quote-unquote higher power like type of thing yeah as you mentioned yeah um you're right i i that's my memory that there's no way that applies to Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, but I thought about putting that on I'd there, and then it. I was like, I don't know if that even no. is going to make a difference. Thought here. I'd bring it up just to kind of mention <laughs> it for people who. No, but like, you're you're absolutely right. That is a very incredibly common yeah. Christmas. Story I mean, thing. a lot of the movies you mentioned have pretty strong yeah, religious absolutely. elements, you know. But yeah, at the same time, it's it's not a lot of these movies, even the ones that have those sort of more religious elements. Because I I don't value that. That's a thing that I I still like these movies, irrespective of their mm-hmm. sort of religious message and that sort of thing. Because of all these other factors you mentioned. Right. So I think you mentioned did a good job coming up with very like secular factors that don't apply to like the yeah that sort of thing. Um. So just to re- go over them again. Because we're going to get to the our final, like, our homework here. All right. So our themes were messages of peace and goodwill. Yep. The importance of family, friends, relationships. Valuing those relationships over material goods. Valuing childlike wonder and innocence. And then our warm, fuzzy sentimentalism. Yeah. So I think the question, as we are trying to evaluate Die Hard... And see if it has any of these thematic elements. I think the question shouldn't just be, does Die Hard have any of these themes? But rather, does Die Hard value any of these themes? That's a good distinction. Because you can have stuff about this in here, but if it's not central to the story, yeah. if it's ancillary, then it's not really a theme of the story. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, absolutely agree. I think it's a very good point there at the end. Um, I, I will say that just on recollection, again, haven't seen the movie in a few years, I think you could, in good faith, 100% argue one of these. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're willing to stretch it a little bit, you could get to three, maybe. Would be, again, from my recollection, just sort of glancing at these. That sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think you could get maybe get to three, but one for sure. Like three, like the third one or three separate themes. Sorry, I'm I'm, no, I'm saying that. Yeah, you sorry. What are you asking? <laughs> you said you could maybe get to three total of okay, these. Oh, so there's total. five. There's five themes you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I'm saying one of those I could see. Absolutely. OK. Arguing for. Uh-huh. And then up to three. Like two potentially. more potentially, okay, but it's a I bit of a stretch. I'm right. sorry. I felt I was like, it's like, am I having a stroke? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like what I said was very clear. I don't know if maybe it wasn't. Um, but yeah, uh, that yeah. I, so that again, that's just kind of, and I'm not going to say which ones and let because that's kind of our homework. We're going to come back, yeah. and during the episode, we're going to talk about it and decide uh, whether or not it actually does hit those things, and then. Uh, or, you know, how many of those themes it does kind of touch on and how many are central as mm-hmm. opposed to just sort of like throwaway ancillary elements. Uh, and then we're going to ultimately decide whether or not we think Die Hard is, is or is not a Christmas movie. Absolutely. And we want to hear from you guys. Obviously, 
Uh, we've had people, we had a social post the other day that people were commenting on mm-hmm. ahead of time. Uh, but I think now that we've done this and then after the main episode where we break it down some more, uh, we'll want to hear from you in the comments for the main episode. Let yeah. us know what you think on top of other stuff, but just, you know, that'll be part of it. Cool. All right. That was our debating things with this film is lit. Let's go ahead and talk about what's the movie. What's the book called? It's called nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real it's been a while since we've had a different title yeah i just realized because like it's been a long while i feel like i can't even think of what the last one we had other than like little little things with like chronicles of narnia like they're kind of technically titled differently but not really um yeah i don't remember the last one that's been this far off like the movie's called die hard the book's called nothing lasts forever which nothing lasts forever is a hundred percent the title of a James Bond. Oh yeah, that's I mean it's a, not. I'm saying bond. it sounds like a Bond film yeah. or book or whatever. Um, so it's interesting. But yeah, uh, Katie, tell us about the book. The last one we had that had a different title was our last Christmas episode. Really? Yeah, um, a Christmas story. The book is called oh, yeah. In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Yeah. And that was a weird one, too, because it was not, it's not even like a one to one. It's like no. a yeah, collection. It's a collection of, of yeah. vignettes, which, yeah, the movie kind of also is. But we don't need to rehash that. Fair. Let's get to our book facts. Yes. All right. So, Nothing Lasts Forever is a 1979 action thriller novel by American author Roderick Thorpe. Roderick. Roderick. That's how I Roderick pronounce that name. Roderick. I don't know. It's a name and a half. I do two syllables no instead of three. No matter how you pronounce it. True. Um, it is the sequel to his 1966 novel, The Detective, which was also made into a movie in 1968, and it starred Frank Sinatra. Um, Thorpe actually decided for the book to be a sequel to The Detective, specifically so that it could be made into a follow-up film. He was thinking big, yeah, this was. one. He was thinking uh, film rights. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so the story of how this book came to be goes that in 1975, um, Thorpe saw the film The Towering Inferno, which is about a skyscraper that catches on fire. Um, and then after seeing the film, he fell asleep and had a dream of seeing a man being chased through a skyscraper by men with guns. Um, he woke up and then later took that idea and turned it into his masterpiece. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. There you go. Um, the Los Angeles Times 
um, when the book came out called Nothing Lasts Forever, a ferocious, bloody, raging book so single-mindedly brilliant in concept and execution that it could be read, it should be read at a single sitting. I don't have time to do that, but How I wish I did. Um, do you know off the top of your head? I think it's around 300. I would, That's I don't know. It's not a single sitting book for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. Could, if I had a whole day to do it, I could enough. do it. That's fair. I guess it's back in the day when you had nothing else to do. Yeah. You'd, you know, you wake up, you eat breakfast, you start reading, and then you're done by dinner. Like, I get it. Like, <laughs> it, but other things going on these yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have the internet, yeah. which is not helpful for all day reading sessions. No, not at all. Um, and my last fun fact here um, in 2012, the book was actually brought back into print um, and released as an ebook for the 25th anniversary of the film. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Those are book facts about Nothing Lasts Forever. Let's go ahead and talk about Die Hard. He's an easy guy to like. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? I'm going to go ahead and call it title change was a good choice. Yeah. Well, you can't title a movie Nothing Lasts Forever when James Bond exists. I know. Like, Everyone would just think it's a Bond movie. They'd be movie. like, is this a Bond? What is, what is this? So, Die Hard is a 1988, the best year ever. Uh, year I was born <laughs> film directed by John McTiernan uh, who also directed uh, Predator The Last Action Hero The Hunt for Red October and Die Hard 3 which is Die Hard with a Vengeance he did not direct Die Hard 2 it was written by Stephen E. D'Souza who we mentioned earlier who also wrote 48 Hours Commando Judge Dredd the 1995 one with Sylvester Stallone the new one's just called Dredd Die Hard 2 and a bunch of other TV stuff, like he wrote on uh, $6 Million Man and a bunch of like 70s mm. TV shows. It stars Bruce Willis, Bonnie Bedelia, I assume that's how you pronounce her, last name, Reginald Vell Johnson, and Alan Rickman, amongst other people, but those are the, the, main, the main players. We'll never get away from Harry Potter. We'll never get away from him, no. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to watch Alan Rickman in this movie, because he's so freaking good in this movie, it's ridiculous. <laughs> The first novel, as you mentioned, The Detective, was adapted into a film in 1968 starring Frank Sinatra. It was a huge box office success. Hmm. When they decided to adapt the sequel, the studio was contractually obligated to offer Frank Sinatra the lead role in Die Hard. So, Die Hard, or Sinatra at the time, was in his early 70s. (laughs) So he turned the project down. That would have been great, though. Right? A 19 or 74 year old Frank Sinatra, like, <laughs> just, like scooting around, scooting around <laughs> killing terrorists. Yeah. And for before, I've said terrorists several times now before anybody comes at me. Oh, they're not actually ter- I know. They're not. It's, I get it. All right. Terrorists is short, shorthand for what they are in this movie. That's a bit of a spoiler, but we'll get <laughs> After Sinatra turned it down, the story was changed to basically not connect at all to the film The Detective. Apparently there was like maybe more connective. And I looked up, mm. the characters are not named the same. So I'll be interested to see what the name of the character... I assume the, I assume the name of the character in the book you're reading 
uh, Nothing Lasts Forever is the same as the name of the character in the, in the movie The Detective and not John McClane. I would probably think so. I'm assuming yeah. it's not going to be John McClane because they changed it to I'm not connect. I'm a little connect. worried now I haven't read The Detective. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll be able to follow it. Yeah, and yeah I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so, a bunch of people were offered this role. First on the list, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or this role, I mean the role of John McClane that right. Bruce Willis ultimately took. Schwarzenegger was offered the role, but he declined it because he wanted to get into comedy, broaden his horizons, uh, and he ended up, the, what he was working on at the time was the film Twins, which is a pretty good comedy, from my memory. I saw it a couple times when I was younger. Other actors offered for the role, and this list, whew, let me get my, get my breath. This list is a who's who of like, Big name male leads and action stars mm. of the 80s. For the role of John McClane, Richard Gere, Clint Eastwood, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Don Johnson, Nick Nolte, Mel Gibson, and Richard Dean Anderson. Every single one of them turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw Don Johnson in Knives Out. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, they landed on Willis. Uh, the director and the writer, I think the director, went to bat uh, for Willis and said, yeah, we should get Bruce Willis for this. He'll be good. But he also turned it down because he was contractually obligated to be in Moonlighting, which is a TV show he was in at the time. And basically, the only thing he was known for at this point, which is one of the reasons the studio wasn't big on him, is like that's sort of like a romantic comedy like mm-hmm. TV show type thing. I think he plays a detective in it. I've never seen Moonlighting, but I think he plays a detective in it. But they were like, ah, it doesn't really fit what we're going for here. So they weren't big on him. But the other people, like the director and stuff, were like, nah, he'll be good. But he had to turn it down because he was contractually obligated to be in the TV show. But then the female lead in the show, Sybil Danning, Danning, I think is her name. I can't remember her name. I think it's Sybil Danning. Um, She got pregnant. (laughs) And so he had 11 months to kill. (laughs) And this is when he filmed Die Hard. So he accepted the role. Saved by the baby. Yeah. Die Hard was Alan Rickman's first feature film role. Really? And when you watch this movie, you will not believe it because he's so freaking good (laughs) in it. It's one of his best roles. I mean, he's great, obviously, in Harry Potter and a bunch of other stuff, but he's so good in this movie. Rickman was cast after producer Joel Silver saw him performing on Broadway uh, as Vic... I'm going to butcher this name. (laughs) Vicomte de Valmont in the Broadway run of Les Liaisons Dangereux. Dangereux? I took French for a few years. Les Liaisons Dangereux. Probably something along those lines. Which I believe is... It's Dangerous Liaisons, which I'm pretty sure is the story from Arrested Development that they reference about cousins. No, that's flowers in the attic or whatever the heck that's called. Never mind. Anyways, there's some <laughs> there's some story about cousins being in love, and it's never mind. I I thought it was maybe that, but maybe it's not. Anyways, he was in a he was on Broadway and was discovered. So hold out hope, everybody. All of our listeners who are Broadway performers, <laughs> sure there are dozens of you. Uh, the scene uh, in the movie, and now we're going to get into some movie stuff, uh, so if you've seen it, or if you haven't, just kind of look out for this. Uh, the scene of John McClane falling down a ventilation shaft and then catching himself on a lower opening was the result of an accident after Willis's stuntman fell and actually ended up hurting himself. <laughs> it, wasn't on t- it wasn't intentional. Uh, but editor Frank J. Urista chose to use the unintentional scene in the final film. 
And I, I do recall this scene. It's been a while. I saw this movie. I've seen this movie a bunch of times, but I haven't seen it recently. Um, and I do recall the moment where he falls and then catches himself. Uh, it looks painful, probably because it was. Not on purpose. Imagine falling and like thinking you might die and yeah. people are just filming it. Yeah. He was probably on a cable thing. Yeah. Would be my guess. Like he was probably strapped in or something, but then ended up hitting the... Uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> And finally, uh, a critic, so, uh, some critics review here. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave it a less than flattering review when Die Hard came out, giving it merely two stars out of his, obviously, four stars. Everybody knows how many stars Ebert gives movies. Despite considering it well-made and performed, particularly Alan Rickman's role, which I agree, Ebert criticized the stupidity of Gleason's police chief character, claiming... That by himself, he successfully undermines the last half of the movie. Wow. And now, I know what he's talking about. I mean, I don't agree, Mm. but I know what he's talking about. And the character is real dumb. (laughs) It's maybe an indictment of certain uh, systemic... (laughs) Probably not. I think it was just like, we need a dumb cop guy here so that... In juxtaposition yeah. to our cool, I mean, smart cop guy inside, and that's a stock role, yeah. too. It is the like the, the, the chief who comes in and is like, "We're doing it my way," but yeah. it's like an idiot. Yeah, it is pretty tropey. Uh, even by this time, I think it was probably yeah. pretty tropey. But, anyways, that's all we had. Those are some uh, fun facts about Die Hard and Nothing Lasts Forever. But like we said, go watch Die Hard. You know what it's on? It's not on anything. I looked it up. It's on Crackle. Really? That weird streaming service <laughs> that is, I don't know what it is. I think it's some weird streaming service, Crackle. You can watch it for free on Crackle. You can also go get it, go get it from your local library yes, or wherever. Absolutely. Uh, you could probably also like rent it for like a couple bucks or something at like your local movie store. Support yeah. your local family video. Gosh darn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, go watch Die Hard. Uh, we're going to talk about it in one week's time. And decide whether or not it's a Christmas movie and want to get your input. So think about what we said, all of our Christmas themes. Maybe if you have extra, you know, uh, criteria that you have for what makes a Christmas movie, let us know what that is. Uh, Go follow us on social media. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, and there was uh, Reddit, and there was another one I was going to mention. Was oh, it? not a, not a not a social media. You can email us. Yes, you can email us at a, uh, this film is lit at gmail on top of the social media. If you'd rather not like post somewhere, you can also just directly email us. You can also directly Yeah, message. you can direct message us on any, any of those, those any yeah. of those platforms. But any anyways. Uh so yeah, go do that. Uh, let us know what you think uh, and then uh come back and listen to us in one week's time when we decide and we o- cast the ultimate vote on Die Hard. <laughs> I.e. my vote. Your vote. <laughs> You're coming in pure. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You're coming in I super am. pure, so yeah, you will be the absolute deciding vote. <laughs> We're going to call up Bruce Willis and let him know whether he was right or wrong. <laughs> I have Bruce Willis's phone number. False. <laughs> Guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And, and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.